Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, I'm excited to talk today. It's a good day. We are talking all things tax season since we just wrapped that up here in Dillon CPAs. Yeah, um, excited to talk about what worked, what didn't, the surprises that came up along the way, and how we've already kind of assessed it with the team and the good stuff that will come in the next few months. Okay, and so really we wanted to have this conversation today because I feel like potentially we're painting some picture of perfection in Dillon CPAs and that all of the things that we say just go, everything goes as planned and it's all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and everybody loves life and loves working here every minute of every day and kind of wanted to just um, throw it out there like, here's a peek behind the curtain of what it really looks like uh, and just be real, real uh, with everybody today. Yeah, I think it's a great time to kind of reflect. I, I know speaking with other people that even ours was a little bit better than others in the market, but I don't want to com get complacent or compare ourselves to other um, CPA firms um, just because I think we are holding ourselves out to do, do it a little bit different. And the team members that we're attracting and prospective team members down the road, they're not wanting any piece of what a traditional CPA firm's tax season looks like. So um, I will say we are probably handling it still a little bit better than most, but even we have uh, opportunities for improvement. And I think you have to give yourself a lot of credit. We, we started this podcast to ultimately kind of showcase our failures and, and talk through how we've overcome those and how we're at this place today. And today's conversation is just, hey, we recently went through this and here's what we're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And so wanted to look at never comparing, not necessarily comparing ourselves to other CPA firms. We say all the time that our team and our firm look so different than other, maybe a traditional CPA firm or maybe even just a traditional tax focused CPA firm. And so that's not really fair to compare us to a, a business that really doesn't do the same thing that we do, but always comparing ourselves to last year and really looking at those metrics of, well, what did last year even look like compared to this year from a standpoint of number of team members, number of clients, um, a lot of other factors, but those are two big ones that you need to make sure that you're comparing always when you're looking back or using something else as a baseline or a metric that you're comparing apples to apples and not comparing apples to oranges. That wouldn't be fair to yourself, your business, or anybody within that team. So um, definitely taking that approach. So tax season, what do you think? What do you think it looked like? How did it go for you personally? 
personally, um, I guess it was really broken up even for me between um, two different tax seasons. So I feel like the beginning of tax season for me looked different than what even the end of tax season looked like for me. And so um, I can say that it was still my best tax season ever. Like, I think I try to say that every year. It And uh, my role on the team continues to change and evolve. And so as one of the leaders, um, you know, I'm kind of tasked with, um, you know, the, the main, the three main things that we always need to focus on are people, people, culture, and numbers. And so there were, there were things that needed help and people needed help along the way. This tax season, we got to go on spring break. That was a huge achievement with us as a family. So, and the team like stepping up in our absence, even though they probably didn't know we were gone. Um, they don't really need us on a daily basis, but giving that gift to our family to uh, have that time with our children who have one more spring break left um, next year as a senior in high school. And then I also got to go on some other trips. One of those being uh, the masters in Augusta, Georgia, I got to go, you know, to that, which was a pretty cool trip. And, um, definitely a unique experience. The after tax season, as far as my role, as far as just helping others, um, ultimately just jumped in and felt my best, the way I could best serve others on the team was to start reviewing and pushing through returns and kind of, um, you know, getting back more in a production mindset that I've been out of for a few months in that role, uh, kind of, you know, I serve as a CFO to a handful of clients and then also lead Dylan CPAs as well. Um, so it was really me jumping back into like that seasonal reviewer just to make sure the numbers got back into a digestible amount for the rest of the team. And so, you know, it was, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't enjoy the amount of time that it took because my, uh, my body was no longer accustomed to working 50 to 55 hour weeks. And I know that some people will say, you know, 50, 55 hour weeks for three or four weeks, that's nothing. And I get it, but I haven't done that in a long time. So, um, that was a change. And now I'm just not as young as I used to be to where, I could recover as fast. So the other, uh, the other thing that not only ourselves, but a lot of other people in the industry had to deal with was this was the first April 15th, April 18th, uh, mid April deadline <laughs> in two years. And so you had COVID then, uh, you had kind of semi COVID hurricane stuff going on last year where we're at, and this was back. And so I've always equated taxis into like a race. And I think you kind of signed up, you thought you were running a, uh, a longer race. And then someone told you, Hey, the finish line's right up ahead. You got to crank it out. And everybody just had to speed up. And that was not fun whenever that realization was made. So. Yeah. I think something that you said, as far as this was your uh, best season yet, and that every year you think you say that. So I think that that's a huge mindset shift from a lot of people come out of, and rightly so, come out of tax season like that was the worst 
tax season ever. I never want to do that again. And so I hope that this conversation today helps start the mindset of if someone was in the, um, that was the worst ever to help shift them to, okay, well, what do I do to make that better? And then even for those who are like, that was the best one yet, but I'm not done. Like it was the best one yet, but I still don't want to do that one again. How do we, how do we get better? And so, yeah, hope, hopefully we're going, going there today with our conversation. Um, looking at really what, what did our tax season look like? Just a few details on what did our tax season look like versus what did we want to happen? And so let's start with what we wanted it to look like, thought we had staffed it um, to look like, and then kind of really where it actually ended. And again, this is not comparing to other people or to horrible, awful, because that's not where that's not where we started with our tax season. We have worked so hard over the past 11 years to not have that horrible, awful, or what I mean by that is really just this long, long hours, seven days a week that We've, we've put in the work for multiple years to not start from that place. So kind of where, what did we want it to look like? And then what, what did we actually end up doing? Yeah, no, um, I think we've, we wrote that out and put it down on paper too, which was important that we wanted tax season to look like for everyone on the team, uh, 40 hours or less, uh, you know, kind of that balanced work week, no weekends, no Saturdays, no Sundays. Uh, we wanted our core business offering is kind of this all-inclusive service that we call boss. We wanted those boss business returns out uh, and completed and filed by February 28th. So the end of February, we wanted a two to three week turnaround time on annual preparation that came in the door. We wanted uh, extensions to be done, I believe, and payments worked up a week out from the deadline and all extensions filed three to four days before the deadline. And then the other thing was from a review standpoint, we wanted a review turnaround time in, in two to three days. And so I think those were the highlights of what we wanted, or at least what I can remember. And it also helps I remembered that because I saw it on paper. I don't have it in front of me right now. So I think the fact that we actually wrote that down or typed it out and gave it to others even helped me remember that just now. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, th I think you got all of them. Um, maybe one that you didn't say, but implied that we would have all prep work from our office done at least a week before the deadline. And then that would give us the very last week before filing, before pushing the button just to receive 8879s or receive missing items maybe from clients that just were waiting on a K-1 or waiting on something to come in. Um, but really no prep work. That way all hands were ready to answer questions, make sure, you know, extensions, people understood how to do, what to do, and that kind of thing. So yeah, so that's that was really, that was ideal. And I can say that that ideal situation happened probably all the way up through March 21st, maybe. Is that fair to say? 
Yes. And the reason why we say March 21st was because that was our cutoff that was publicized to clients as far as like, you better have your stuff in prior to March 21st so that we can work through it in, in plenty of time. So I believe that's when it all hit. And then that's also the time that we came back from spring break and it was like, okay, we got to jump right in. We're needed. Or at least that's what I felt. Yeah. And so then say the last three weeks, um, and, and this is first to say our team is amazing and did an amazing job with what they had to work with, with expectations that were set with all of the things that we could do, um, for them and, and to help them be prepared. So this was not, uh, when we say that we're, you know, highlighting things didn't quite go as we expected. This is not on our team. This is more of what we look at when we start thinking about where did processes that we thought we had in place start to have breakdowns. So our team is awesome. They did an amazing job. We couldn't have asked for more. They stepped up in ways we never even asked them to step up to make sure that every client was served and that, um, Every client was satisfied also. So in, in both of those capacities, but what actually happened is our tax preparation time started getting a little bit longer than that three weeks. Not, not much that stayed about the same review time was harder because more returns were being prepared. And until you stepped in and started helping one person was reviewing. And so that was really a large volume for one person to keep up and not possible for one person to keep up in a 40 hour day. Not, I mean, that it wasn't even, it wasn't a possibility at that point in the season. Um, another thing, our team members started working 10 to 12, maybe even a 13 hour day um, during that last three weeks of the deadline. We had team members working uh, multiple days on the weekend. So maybe not even just a Saturday, maybe a Saturday and a Sunday. We did not set, you have to work a minimum number of hours. You have to work a minimum number of days, but it was set like we have this amount of work. This is the project list. These are the clients who need to be served and we need to finish well. We need to serve them well, whatever that means. And that's why I say we have an amazing team who stepped up and said, yes, we'll do it. Like we'll make sure that those people are served well. Yeah. And I think, um, from a numbers perspective, uh, no one went over 60, no one went over 60 hours. And, um, that was, it was really just that compression of that last three weeks. And, you know, on April 15th, uh, we were mostly done. Like uh, most team members were done on that Friday, which was good Friday. And so we made a, an effort kind of leading up to that point because we knew their kids would be out of school and we wanted them to start to recover that weekend. And so there was a push that last few days and, um, everybody did a great job and we have part-time, um, workers that are involved in the tax process. So people that may work only 24 hours a week in typical times of year did go to 40. And, uh, we felt from a leadership perspective, not only you, me, but other people that are on the leadership team, I wouldn't call it a failure, but it was definitely like, 
it didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. And so how do we regroup with the team, put some action into place to make next year even better? And I think you had mentioned it. We have more, more staff than we ever have. We have more team members than we ever have. We, we have the best team we've ever had um, because everybody brings their unique skills and experiences and builds upon that. So, and we have the fewest amount of clients we've ever had. So it was what went, di what was different, what went wrong. So it's just unpacking that and, and figuring out, okay, we get too few clients, we can't make payroll. And then like, you know, there, there's that capacity thing. Like, what do we have capacity for? What, who do we need on that capacity side? And because we value growth and because we're a growing organization, we value bringing new team members on the bus. And, and just that's where we're at. It was more of a, this, this does not, this annual preparation that only occurs with people once a year, a conversation that only occurs once a year, that's what sticks out. And that is what is easily identifiable as what you do not need to be doing as far as an organization. And so for me, that was easy because that's where I helped most. Um, it was people I haven't talked to in a year or maybe even two or three because I haven't picked up their file because somebody else had in the past. And so it was just real easy to say, these people view us as like a commodity or a transaction. They don't view us as this bigger financial advisor relationship that they it's skewed. And, and I'm, I may be speaking wrongly from a client perspective, but from a service provider perspective, that's how I see it. So I understand that they think that we're their, we're their people, we're their all knowing, you know, advisor. It's very hard to be all knowing whenever you see someone once a year after the year has ended and you can't give them advice to make their situation better or very little advice to make their situation better. And that's frustrating. And that's why we changed our model to what our core model is built around advice. So I think those are some of the things that we started to unpack. Um, and we've already met with the team. We did that earlier this week. We are recording this on April 29th. So the fact that we did that in April, I think was a win because it was still fresh on people's minds. We didn't want them to go uh, recover too much and, and write it off as it wasn't that bad because two of, or multiple team members, this was their first April 15th tax season they'd gone through with our team. And compared to where they came from, this was a breeze. And this, this was nothing like they'd seen in the past or what even their, their peers that remained at those other employers are, were experiencing this year. And so one, they were thankful to be working only 55 hours a week. But on the other side, we're like 55 out, like that is not acceptable. And I think that's where maybe we approach it a little bit different than other employers because we know it's not sustainable. We know there will be fewer and fewer people that are willing to give up their life for eight to 10 weeks out of the year and do that. So how do we get it right now?
Yeah. So a little bit of the breakdown as far as we didn't, we didn't go into tax season without a plan of how to make it happen. If you are planning to have 40 hour work weeks across the team, even during a season that there is more work in the office, you have to have a plan going into it. So I think some of the breakdowns in, in our plan or in our processes that caused us to get a little backed up in the end. Um, one, we, we said that hours would be 40 hours a week. So in the beginning, um, the team was just plugging along at their pretty much normal 40 hours a week. And so they, you know, didn't, we did not tell them they needed to work more. They didn't realize, you know, that the end was coming so soon and what would happen at March 21st when we put our deadline. And that's how we help clients stay accountable to us. Um, it's not like an ultimatum on that. It's just, if you want to file by the deadline, we have to have all of your information by March 21st. If we don't have it by that time, we can't guarantee that it's ready in time. Happy to do an extension, but we can't guarantee anything after that date. And so they just hadn't experienced that before. So having new team members on the team, having the deadline be sooner than what we had been used to, having tax law changes that one required us to hold returns and question when to file. Um, and then two, having tax law changes that caused the results of so many of our clients' tax returns uh, to be different than maybe what they've experienced or what they were expecting and then have questions. So what we did plan for, we did capacity planning as far as these are the number of available hours for preparation with the team that we have. These are the number of hours of tax prep that needs to happen. And we were um, in alignment. We were good to go. But life actually comes in and then there's more time to administrative duties um, regarding all kinds of things having new team members that didn't know the clients as well as maybe somebody who had prepared it a year before. Um, lots of things went into that, but definitely, you know, questions from clients that come up and we are going to serve them well. We are going to answer their questions. We are not going to ignore or push them off or tell them we don't have time to help you. Um, we're going to take that time to do it. So all of those things just start to slow you down just a bit. So those were some things. What else did I miss as far as kind of what slowed us down and threw us over hours, over 40 hours per week at the end. Uh, you know, CPAs are in a unique situation because we are the middleman between the client and, and the IRS, the taxing authorities. So the fact that so much of what we do relies on one, an organization that just can't seem to get right in the IRS and is underfunded and is just not, it's not coming alongside the pace of other small businesses and things like that, as far as how they do things. You, you mentioned the tax law changes. So we, we do a lot of business returns. The majority uh, of our clients are obviously business clients. The K2, K3 thing that came up, not, not really having great guidance from the IRS during that timeline um, was hard. The previous year, the stimulus, the floodgates were still open as far as like checks going out to clients and getting some additional reporting documents that we needed to make sure that they did receive a payment or not. 
because that impacted their refund or uh, amount due. So there were all these things that, you know, have a lot of grace whenever you deal with an accountant, especially a tax accountant, because so many things are out of their control and they are the bad guy. They deliver the news. And this year it was typically everybody owed because everybody had a great year as far as their brokerage return, their brokerage account was, was, uh, was concerned because they either had great dividends or capital gain distributions or sold some stock when the market was high in 2021. And the annual clients that just didn't realize that were surprised and maybe did not have the funds available to pay taxes. So that's frustrating, not only to the client, but also the people that are involved with that tax process. And so we had to have a lot more conversations than maybe we planned on and customer service should never get in the way of delivering a product. And so we, we made a very concerted effort to continue to try to communicate over communicate why there is an amount due. Um, you know, we film voiceover commentary for every tax return that goes out the door. The clients may listen to that 25% of the time, but it's there. And, if they would listen to the commentary, kind of like listening to a voicemail when you call somebody and they call you right back and you're like, Hey, did you listen to my voicemail? No, no, I just called you back. Well, hang up, go listen to my voicemail and then let's talk. So how do you have that response in a professional way? Uh, because a lot of times we would go over the return just the same as if they were sitting across the table from us and highlighting certain things on the PDF, but also having that personal touch of our voice, you know, delivering the news, good or bad. And that just takes longer. And so that's, even some of that's factored in. The April 15th coming, you know, that just hit a little bit harder. And then, you know, clients got used to that delayed filing deadline. So even them starting to gather documents on their side was uh, definitely part of the story. And I think too, from a client perspective and just from one example of someone that I talked to, you know, we let our clients know, you don't want to wait until the last minute. One, you don't want your exhausted accountant preparing your tax return in the day two, three, four, five before the deadline as number who knows what of tax returns they've prepared or, um, you know, in other firms, how little of sleep they've actually gotten. Uh, but also technology that's used now in filing tax returns. We don't want to wait till the day of necessarily to make the payment or to file the return. Like, let's give ourselves like at least 24 hours a comfort level. Well, the filing deadline this year was on a Monday. So clients honestly felt like if they got us signature pages or missing information on Sunday, that was early. And so it's just remembering when you're having conversations that you're intentional on the words that you use and the expectations that you actually have and not saying words that could be interpreted differently by different people, but really giving hard and fast deadlines, which in our engagement letters, we did March 21st, if you want it filed by the deadline. Um, and so really on those 
uh, reaching out for signature pages to be able to file, we set that deadline for everybody, uh, you know, on the Thursday prior, we had to have it the Thursday prior because we didn't anticipate our team having to work on a Saturday or Sunday. And it's just something that people don't, not every person is going to think through oh, well, if I get this done early, but they don't come until Monday, well, then it's not really being done early. So I think just always setting expectations, being really clear and defined both with team members and with clients um, is always helpful because everybody interprets things different ways for sure. Yeah. And I think everybody on our team handled communication well. Um, There's always tension when that happens, especially right close to a finish line. And in your example, the Sunday also happened to be Easter Sunday. So, um, yeah, it it was just, it was hard on a lot of different fronts on how, how the deadline falls, but that's no excuse. April 15th every year is typically the case. So it does go back to that being prepared for the unexpected even in my career, um, when I've been involved, in, you know, in the tax side of life, April 15th, you had the Boston bombing that happened right then, you know, so that like that caused chaos. We had a tax day flood in our area that caused chaos. You have websites that go down, not only IRS websites, but also payment websites. So like if you owe a payment and can't make your payment, then that's really what's late. That's all the IRS cares about is your payment. They don't give a crap about your return. Um, So I think that's all the stuff that we try to avoid. And then the there's only really like a handful of players in professional tax software and the bandwidth on those servers that host all those applications, whether it's browser based or you're logging in somehow get flooded the last week of the year. And so thankfully it didn't impact us, but I had other friends on throughout the country that they could not work because there was just the spinning wheel of death on their machine and they couldn't access tax returns. And so the the client, they don't care, you know, that you chose the wrong tax software or it's hosted on the wrong server. So um, all of that is why you have to be over-prepared for the worst case scenario and you know personal conversations that i was having that last week were hey we're it was wednesday i think and i told two friends that you know that were actually friends prior to them becoming clients and i'm like we're out of time like we just gotta send checks like how much do you want to send a hundred thousand two hundred thousand they're like what do you mean like can't i just deal with so and so and i'm like you're dealing with me because so and so doesn't have availability so um, I was the one that picked up your file in order to just figure it out how much you want to send in. So um, those were some of the the points that we tried to handle them as well as we possibly could. Ultimately, you, myself, other leaders on the team are all about protecting our team first and, and kind of being the shield so that they have a great day or, you know, feel accomplished. But even that, like, there were tension pieces there. Thankfully, no team members turned in resignations up until this point, you know, so I did have... That we know of. That we know of. Not yet. Well, yeah. And I think everybody um, that we know of, right? But I I have talked to other firms, other friends that are firm leaders that, yep, the Monday after, here's my two-week notice, or the Mm -hmm. Friday after, or even 
people just disappeared mid-year. And that has never happened before because it sucked. It sucked on that side and they don't ever want to go through it again. And they don't have ownership in the business. There's plenty of other options to get a paycheck. And so how do we get better as leaders, as firm owners, if we're going to be involved in this professional services business that is ultimately caring for clients and you still have to work around deadlines? So definitely uh, those are some of the things that maybe got in the way of our ideal tax season and maybe contributed to a few more hours uh, on, on our team side. So immediately after, what do you do to make this better? How do you move on and make the next tax season even better? Uh, and how do we know fairly confidently that we're not getting resignation letters turned in. Um, we definitely rested after and celebrated. So I think first after a huge project deadline, um, I guess something unexpected that happens within the business is to really take a little bit of time to process and a whole lot of time to celebrate what went well and show your appreciation to your team that was involved, that helped carry you through. Definitely showing how much you value a person is going to pay off in the end. And so, uh, yeah, so tell a little bit about what we did kind of in the days right after the deadline. I think it was even, it, it started the week leading up to. Um, it, it's amazing to me after doing this for almost 20 years, not only how much, you know, how fast it ramps up, but how like the more amazing thing is how fast it stops. And so it's as if you're running full speed on that treadmill, however fast you can run, plus a couple more miles per hour, and then just hit the stop button. That's how it is. And because you have to be done. And so we did that for the team starting on Friday. So we had two or three team members that um, they're client controllers and they, were involved in tax process and leading tax projects for their clients. And so those client controllers um, on Friday, we said, hey, we, we knew as a, as a leadership group that on Thursday we were at a, at a pretty good spot. And so we said on uh, uh, April 14th, which was actually four days before the deadline this year, um, hey, like we're at a great spot all your clients are shifted over to a reviewer now uh, for kind of the final steps. Tomorrow's good Friday. Um, you can, you can work a little bit if there's stuff you want to catch up on, or you can take the day kids are going to be out of school. So just do, you know, your adult, um, do whatever you think. And then the same thing happened Saturday, Sunday, um, you know, myself, Charles, you we're all kind of connected to make sure stuff doesn't blow up, but, for the most part, most of the team was able to enjoy Easter weekend. And uh, then we all came back together Monday, still like, hey, you need to get these stragglers, these 8879s in. But Monday, it was really done too. I mean, I could think back to times where, I mean, this is taking it way old school, like you're driving to the whatever post office in Houston is still open till midnight, trying to get the postmark on that extension list or, or payment in the mail by the de deadline, uh, 11 59 PM. So it was none of that. Um, 
Tuesday was pretty was pretty good day. So obviously, even though team members, you know, with with a team of about twenty, like not everybody's involved in the tax process, but everybody kind of helps because if the accounting's clean, then that means the tax projects is that much more efficient and effective of you know a group that we can be as a as a whole. So on Tuesday, our whole team meeting, we just kind of relaxed and played bingo and uh, you know just took it as kind of a debrief. I think everybody, everybody was there for that Tuesday. I don't think anybody had taken off yet. Um, and and then, that we just wanted to celebrate yeah. with everyone because we do have remote employees and we do have, um, we do, everybody has different roles within the firm. However, every single person contributes to the tax process. So if you run that business's payroll, do their bookkeeping, if you have answered, uh, you know, sent a message or responded to a message, a phone call, if you, you know, all the things. And so every single, every single role in our team contributes to tax season, whether they directly touch a tax return or not. And so the breakfast and bingo for us took 45 minutes um, everybody got to be together, kind of relax and just, you know, smile, laugh, laugh at your jokes that didn't hit as hard as you wanted them to, but that's okay. Uh, and so just, just a way to celebrate all of the hard work, uh, and everybody's part that was in, in those few months of the year. Hey, some of those bingo jokes were gold, <laughs> um, but, but that's, uh, maybe we'll do another podcast on bad bingo and dad jokes and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, and then I think some people started to take off. Obviously everybody was already back to their agreed upon schedule at that point that that Friday, or was it the following? No, I guess Friday. today's the following Friday. That Friday, we just had a team kind of luncheon and outing, did some top golf. Um, no one's a great golfer, you know, here. And so it was just a way to be, uh, around people. And I think, the golf was secondary. Like everybody just wanted to be together and kind of, we had some food there, we had some drinks. And then, you know, for the most part, I think everybody was kind of logged off that day, you know, as far as we could tell. And that was really just for the local team that, that had the option to get together. Other people, um, say like they may have been working kind of, you know, just kind of catching up with stuff that they've left off on for us, it's also a hard time because we do have so many conversations with our clients on a monthly and quarterly basis. It's also quarter end because March 31st and financials, you're trying to get out that same time of year. So there, there was some catch up that needed to happen. Uh, but overall the, the team rallied and um, definitely started to see even by like Tuesday, whenever was it Tuesday or Wednesday that we met with the, it was Wednesday, Wednesday. this week that we met with the team and did our after action, they were, you know, they were relaxed and you could almost see that they forgot what it was like four weeks ago, three weeks ago. So we don't want to have them forget what it was like. We want to talk about it. We want to air the dirty laundry and, uh, you know, get better. Yeah. So, uh, after after rest and celebration, I think it's so important not to just move on during tax season, especially in like, I would say the last two weeks of tax season, a lot of client work that's not related to or even client questions that's not directly related to tax 
may get asked, hey, can we hold off and put this to, you know, right after that week after the deadline, you know, would this be okay to wait? And uh, so I think it's so important to stop and reflect and to celebrate what you've done rather than just keep running, but maybe at a slower pace, like actually stop the treadmill, get off, <laughs> take a break, and then come back refreshed and ready to go. And so after that, important to do is after action review or whatever you want to call it, but really to go over what what did you want to happen during busy season or tax season or during just a, a, maybe a major project in your in your business. And then what do we need to change? What can be changed? Uh, what felt terrible? What felt great? What was the best thing to come out of it? So we did send out a little survey before our meeting time altogether. We did meet face-to-face -face and remoted in those who couldn't be um, here in person. And we're just able to have a really relaxed conversation around this is what we had hoped to see. This is what we even promised many of the new team members as they were signing on to be part of Dillon CPAs. And then um, where are areas that we can improve? What are things that would make this better? So uh, I think let's talk through just a few of the specific changes that we plan to make. It might be helpful for somebody who's listening to just kind of hear our thinking and what we're doing to go forward. Yeah. Um, obviously, it, it comes down to capacity um, with with any professional service provider. So do you have enough team capacity to do the work that you already have in the door? Um, the way that most businesses like increase capacity is by overtime. And so because we're committed to not doing that and having everybody have like a staying true to their commitment year long, it comes back to reviewing capacity. And as I mentioned earlier, some of those clients stuck out because they don't fit. They're still great people. It's still a great project, but it doesn't fit with our business or where our business is going. And so those were the easy ones to identify. So it's just like, Hey, like we're to that point now where it's like, we realize we do not serve you the best. Let's, let's get you to, to somebody that does serve you the best because we're probably even outside of what market would be for how much we're pricing your project. And so that was step one, like, hey, these people, these clients don't fit long-term any longer. And that's hard because we've had relationships with these clients some a decade or more. And it's just the growth and the evolution of where we're at. And so... That's step one. Um, the other one is if, you know, there's always going to be that little bit of extra time required. How do you, how do you do that? Capacity wise, we're looking at um, some seasonal options, like finding a seasonal person that can always just be there and pay that person really, really well. And they just want to work three months out of the year, four months out of the year, whatever that looks like. Um, there's that option and, you know, just trying to evaluate what that looks like. So putting a timeline around, okay, going out and vetting solutions or finding people to be that person year over year. Um, that was, that was the main two that kind of stuck out for me. I don't know if there's anything else that were big that you want to hit on. 
we talked through uh, the technology that we currently use, if it worked in our advantage, if it was a hindrance. So really, are we using the technology that we have to its full potential or are there solutions that we need to change, that we need to learn more about? Um, we talked a lot about who would be responsible for what. So even more clearly defining roles and responsibilities of each team member as it relates to any annual only relationships that are left within the firm. And so having uh, planning to have uh, the same returning team members plus maybe a seasonal next year, we're able to better plan on who will be responsible for which aspects of each uh, tax project that we have. And then also looking at um, dates of when we want certain things done. Our full service clients, we have a lot of control over what information we have that's needed to do tax returns. So we are able to control when we complete those and who completes those. And of course, we think the knowledge is best with the people who work on those every single month. So that is ultimately who would be in charge of that and getting those completed first. And how can we help um, the year end closeout from somebody who has more responsibility with tax, maybe can step in and help get that ready. So lots of little tweaks on processes and uh, roles and responsibilities of the team that we have, and really just putting, um, putting names, right? Putting names with tasks that need to be done is a lot of what our discussion revolved around. Yep. Yeah, I think one of the successes, many successes out of uh, this tax season was actually a team member who we relied on a lot in the past. And she did carry a lion's burden of like just amount of work. She touched a lot of the returns um, more than we even knew about. And she just got them done. And so her situation changed. We scaled her back. Um, early early this year late last year because of a move and because of what she wanted in life and so she only works on 10 of our largest family relationships and that accounts for still a lot of returns but her knowing what is kind of in her queue or what is to come down the pike she's able to control those conversations with those clients ahead of time um, so it's just taking a little bit of that and divvying up the remainder of those annual relationships amongst the people that do have bandwidth um, the, the system that we used to have where it was like first in, first out, anybody grab it, that, that doesn't work for us. And so we wanted consistency in team. And so we tried to start having that a couple of years back where it was like, Hey, if you pre prepared that return last year, you're going to do it again this year. Um, even that as stuff comes in at different times of the year and isn't consistent, you would reassign work. Um, so that kind of gets out of balance really quick. What you hit on was, you know, with our model, the team of three, the client controllers, really the person driving that tax conversation in charge of the tax project that kind of got out of scope a little bit with new team members coming on and then client onboardings that were happening. So it's getting all that back in line with, Hey, like, the client, we can't introduce too many different team members. Like they're getting confused at who's taking point on what. And uh, also from a budget perspective, some of that inefficiency with adding a new person into the project, 
budgets from what we've committed to the client as far as their price are, are no longer in line with the time that we're spending on it. So that that's the things as far as like to back up what you've just said. Yeah. And so out of our after action review meeting or our discussion over what went well, what can we change? We came up with um, really kind of timelines and point people for, okay, who's in charge of who's in charge of reassigning these clients? Who's in charge of and by what date, um, obviously, and by what date will we let clients know that may no longer um, fit our model and the services that we offer and uh, really just put dates and names of action items that need to be completed. And so that that's a huge win also after tax season uh, or after any anything big that's happened within your business that you can do to help uh, make it better for the coming year. Yeah. And the other thing was um, just listening. You know, I try to do my best at that after action review to listen to whoever was at the table and, you know, try to get their perspective on things. And really, if they did have a recommendation and, you know, they spoke up, then acting on what they saw as necessary. So, um, you know, if, if a if a client needs like if they were rude to you at any time in the year, or they don't assimilate into the way that we do business being somewhat like 100% digital to the most part, if they dropped off paper documents, if they mailed stuff in, if they needed a physical office to just come to and show you their tax document, what does that mean for the relationship going forward? And it's also just personality. You know, if, if someone doesn't value you and you're already kind of doing this process of, um, you know, pruning the tree or calling out clients, like take your team members advice, like it'll show your appreciation for them, but then also it reiterates that they do have a voice in making business decisions because they have the business and the health of the business in mind. And so, um, that was, that was really important when we met earlier this week is try to shut up as much as possible and listen. And I think a huge uh, value that our tax administrator and um, our administrative team brought to that conversation, they had a lot of interaction with the client to be able to give the feedback of, do they use the technology that we use well? Are they responsive? Do you know, are they courteous when dealing, you know, with with our team? And um, so they were able to bring that information to us. And that was something that we set up from the beginning of tax season. So that wasn't something that happened by accident. Uh, we talked back in January or maybe even in the end of 2021 about we need to really make sure that we are paying attention. Sometimes you forget who caused, um, you know, a lot of grief on our team. And so making sure that we were intentional to pay attention to who is really appreciative and who really couldn't care less where they get this done, they just need it done. And so uh, they were able to share that information with us to help us go off of as far as capacity planning. Yeah. And it's just, it shows the evolution of the business. Like, from 11 years ago to where we're at today and just, you know, the, 
these are great people. They're, they're great clients for the most part. It's just our business isn't that anymore um, moving forward. So that's a hard decision, but as business owners, it's kind of, it, it's moving towards the business we want, not the business we have or had. And that's where a lot of people miss the boat or they don't put the time in and they realize they could have had something so much better than they ended up with. So um, kind of the, the last point on that, um, the four things that we did was just follow up. So you mentioned that we, we rested and we recovered, that we met as a team, and then that we set timelines and responsible people for those actions that we identified. And then it's just follow-up. So what does that follow-up look like for us? So for follow-up for us, we will actually have a team retreat in August, which is a nice amount of time to revisit those um, changes or things that we need to implement for next tax season. It allows us to go back and check in on how is progress coming on each of those. So we had some deadlines in Q2, and then we have some deadlines in Q3. So we can revisit did we meet the deadlines for Q2? And then what does that look like for the action items still remaining? Um, yeah, so that's kind of what we'll do to follow up. We will likely follow up again in end of November, December, uh, just to make sure that we're ready. And if there are any other ideas or things that we need to implement uh, prior to the start of the year. We always like to be ahead of the game uh, and take out as many surprises maybe as we can. Just be ready and and have the ability to change if needed quickly. Yeah, so you've already kind of pointed to the retreat that will happen in August, and then we're going to change up the timing of our kind of year-end or beginning retreat. We'll actually move that to before the end of the year just to give more people time back in January and uh, as Q4 closes. So that leads us right into what our next conversation is going to be about. It will be um, something that I think that you do really, really well are those team retreats and how you lead people and get others involved to lead portions of those retreats. But it's just being very respectful of their of the whole team's time and making it um, worth their while to, to invest in. Um, so I'm excited to the, you know, the next few conversations where you're actually going to go into, um, what a retreat looks like. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much. And I'm glad we survived. <laughs> we did it. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.